0: Here we are, uh, episode number four of the Somewhat Gland Substance Podcast. How's it going? My name's Scott Mitchell. Thanks for listening in here today. Coming up, um, I, I will give credit where credit is due in terms of some changes being rolled back for rural health care. Here in Alberta, I know I talked about it on the show last week, so I will give credit where credit is due. That is coming up, but first, did you see the big show last night? Uh, I I really enjoyed the stronger together uh, tour ensemble, which was broadcast on tons of TV stations, on streaming platforms, and radio stations as well. It was really cool to see, and this is coming from somebody who has worked in the media industry for the last number of years. It was really cool to see all the broadcasters show that strength, that unity that we all have as Canadians going through these tough times with the COVID-19 pandemic and, of course, the economic fallout that followed after that, uh, or as part of it, I should say. And it was just amazing to see all these people who would typically be competing against each other on a regular day getting together for the same message to be aired across as many platforms as possibly can. It was billed as the largest single show broadcast in Canadian history. Uh, They were working on a $150 million fundraising campaign for food banks, Canada, which has seen an increase in the amount of people, using food banks because of the COVID-19 pandemic and people are out of work and uh, in some cases maybe even needing to swallow their pride to go and seek help from a food bank, if you will, during these times. And it was basically anybody you could possibly think of in Canadian music and even TV and comedy for that matter like uh rick's uh rick mercer and russell peters was on there we had ryan reynolds the cast of Shit's creek made an appearance uh, and then you look at the artists who are in the lineup you got like alessia cara the bare naked ladies michael Bublé, uh, celine dion sarah mclaughlin brian adams and the list literally goes on and on even justin bieber and shania twain Which I thought it was kind of cool Her song Up that was released back in the uh, 2000s Um, she changed the lyrics of the uh, first few words to say coronavirus bugging me. So that was pretty cool as well. And of course, they ended it all off with a fantastic rendition of the classic Lean on Me, which is going to go to support the relief efforts as well coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic and the economic crisis that uh, is part of it as well. So that is fantastic, uh, fantastic to see too. And That had as many Canadian people as you could possibly think of as well participating in that. So, well done. I know um, artists like Tyler Shaw and Fifi Dobson, they were really at the forefront of trying to get this all together. And I think they succeeded quite well in doing that, that's for sure. And at the end of the day, it's something that we probably all as Canadians needed in order to help us get through what's been going on with the coronavirus. But not only that, the devastating shootings that happened in Nova Scotia just a little over a week ago, which rocked that province and shook it as well. And I was talking with some friends who are from Nova Scotia and just even the Maritimes in general, and they said it is such a tight-knit place that they believe Every single person is somehow going to be touched by those horrific events that happened out in Nova Scotia if they are living or from that province. And we even need that stronger together feeling now um, because of the flooding to the north of us uh, in Fort McMurray. Uh, And just the RM of Wood Buffalo in general as well, you know, residents are now being displaced from their homes once again for the uh, second time in the last four years, for that matter. Um, Of course, the devastating wildfires back in 2016, and now people are in mandatory evacuations in many neighborhoods in Fort McMurray, and they're being put up at hotels right now. I know some friends of mine who have family who are up in Fort McMurray, and those family members are now on high alert as well to potentially be evacuated, and they're going to have to try to find somewhere to go. And, you know, we, uh, we here in Biche we stepped up back in 2016 with the wildfires and we were really ground zero for anyone coming through the area i remember being on the air the night of the evacuation and we didn't get off the air until one o'clock and then we were back uh once again at six o'clock to to do the morning show and we just stayed on the air pretty much all day i think what was it, 64 hours in five days I pulled on the air? Something insane like that, but it was uh, to help those people who, you know, were being sent to other communities, who were headed to places like here in Lacklebish, and even the surrounding area around us, and even so far as up towards Wandering River, where they were staying at campgrounds. And it was... Um, just devastating to, you know, because the kids didn't know what was going on or anything. And even the parents were, you know, trying to keep their emotions in line for the sake of their kids. And now they're having to go through another act of God event. So, uh, our hearts are with Fort McMurray once again, as evacuees are, um, making their way through the uh, drive through reception center that's been set up and, um, you know, they're on alert to potentially leave at a moment's notice and with just whatever bags they can get out of the house with if you will So moving on To something a little bit different I talked about this on the on the episode last week if you didn't listen you could scroll back And uh, listen to that one as well on whatever platform you're on But I will give credit where credit is due here The province has said that they're rolling back some billing changes to fees and they're also um, giving 81 million dollars back to health care including adding cash top-ups to doctors who work in places that are rural and remote you know places like Lacklabish and stetler and what were some of the other communities i believe like rimby and sundry as well um and the list goes on and on as to You know, doctors saying they were potentially going to leave these communities just because of the um, impact that the changes that the UCP were going to implement were to have on their practice. And I said last week that, you know, there's a lot of doctors in these rural areas that have multiple skill sets, if not all, because you can't send them to a specialist like you can in, say, Calgary or Edmonton or even places like Red Deer, for that matter, Um, and that they were worth every penny. And I'm glad to see that these changes are being made. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully it's not too late. I hope this can, you know, curb some of the damage that had been caused in the past little while because of uh, these changes that were going to be made. And even so here in Lac where 10 out of the 11 doctors had resigned from their hospital privileges. And I just really hope that um, we could continue with the same level of health care we've had for the last little while. Because if uh, if it still continues to go through where these doctors are still going to give up their hospital privileges, well, then we're still going to be in dire straits and it's not going to be easy to replace them, that's for sure. But I totally get it. They were looking after their own patients in their own practices. I know it sucked overall for emergency services and obstetrics and just people staying in the hospital in general, but at the end of the day, they're looking after their own business, if you were to look at it that way. And it's great to see that, you know, $57 million uh, is coming to rural service top ups. That's fantastic. And um, Health Minister Tyler Shandro said that rural doctors are going to be allowed to once again claim overhead for hospital work. And uh, urban doctors going to be allowed to do the same pending a review on whether that's necessary in the big centers. And um, so just fantastic uh, that that actually went through well, it remains to be seen whether it's going to be enough and whether it's that the the, the damage has been curbed uh, now that they have decided to basically go back on what the initial changes were going to be. All right, a little bit of a new breakaway segment we're going to do here. Um, Just hang tight. Uh, We're going to be back in just a couple seconds with this segment. And then on the other side, I want to discuss something that I had posted on Facebook last week that caused a bit of a stir that was unintended regarding Donald Trump and some comments that he made. Yeah, that's on the way. Hang on. It's kind of a breakaway segment we're going to do here called Still Number One. I'm joined with my good friend, Tim Gavin, of the aptly
1: named Tim Gavin Show. So my idea for this was to go back in time, look at some of the charts from previous years, look at all the number ones, and just kind of talk and see if some songs are still bangers, if they have stood the test of time. Because looking at the charts in the past, sometimes I don't even know or haven't even heard the number one song of that particular time period. And even think like just on that note as well. You look at even
0: the last five, ten years, and some of the number one songs that top the charts within the last ten years, uh, they're not getting any airplay on radio
1: or anything anymore, for that matter. Yeah, and sometimes it's just because well people get tired of hearing it. Sometimes other songs are just much much better, and <laughs> of course sometimes even have artists getting canceled.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're looking at you, Despacito, with the songs that are
1: <laughs> that get tiring. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know, as far as as far as like songs of the summer go, it still wasn't the worst one. I, I still kind of enjoy it when it comes on occasionally. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So uh, you chose 1996. Yeah, 1996, just because I feel like it's. Really a year that not too many people talk about, but going through the charts, I can kind of see why. There was a lot of repetition that year.
0: Yeah, like maybe, what, a dozen or so songs that actually made it to number one?
1: Yeah, and I decided to pick the one single that was only number one for one week. Only one. And even then... Even then, the singer actually managed to have, like, two number one singles that year. Tony Braxton, I chose You're Making Me High.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, we should probably mention that on this week back in 90, 1996, it was Celine Dion's uh, Because He Loved Me that was number one.
1: Yeah, and... Which I don't think has
0: stood the test of time, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, well, how how often do you actually listen to Celine Dion? <laughs> not often <laughs> yeah literally the last actually no i was listening to celine dion a few weeks ago i, I had this random compilation cd and celine dion came on and was like oh hey this is a good song so which one was it it was i drove all night ah yes yes um
0: so yeah tony braxton you're making me high yeah i could see that uh that song that's Another one that I don't think has stood the test of time per se, but it's still
1: good. I'd say I, I'd kind of agree with you there because honestly, I can't remember the last time anyone really talked about Tony Braxton, at least in my circle of friends and family. But going back to listen to that song, it is good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wait, I would say uh, the uh, that's the better song between that one and Unbreak My Heart. Um, but I mean, Unbreak My Heart, it's, it's one that's almost a little bit more timeless.
1: I kind of feel like Tony Braxton was trying to pull a Mariah Carey on that one, though. <laughs> in which enough. case, in, in that sense, because when I first heard that song, I thought it was Mariah Carey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's totally fair. Um, I, I, uh, I went through a list of songs released in uh, 1996, and I did come up with a list of five that I personally enjoy every time they come on.
1: Yeah, okay, so uh, what what songs do you think, ha- so have they stood the test of time or are they just songs you enjoy?
0: I, I think some of them have, you could be the judge on that one, but I think a lot of them have. Um, I'm gonna start off with Mark Morrison's Return of the Mac."
1: Oh yeah, that is my jam.
0: Like a great summer
1: song right there. Yeah, but still sounds very 90s.
0: Yeah, oh, 100% um the gin blossoms follow you down
1: i don't think i've heard that one before no no okay obviously you know you've heard gin blossom songs before right oh totally but i just i haven't heard that gin blossom song
0: oh it it's good you got to take a listen to it um 1996 despite the fact that it wasn't necessarily a big year overall in terms of turnover on the charts it was a big year for canadian artists you know, oh, yeah. Celine Dion, uh, Alanis Morissette had a breakout year in 1996 as well.
1: Yeah, I was and looking at the charts for my week. She was on there twice.
0: I I don't doubt that. Like, I think most of her singles that are still getting played today on the radio were released back in 1996.
1: Yep. Jagged Little um, Pill soundtrack to 96. Pretty much. But I'm going to go with Brian Adams. The only thing that looks good on me is you. Brian, I... See, I was even looking through the charts. I I completely forgot that he was on there.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that is um another one of those songs that it. I don't know. It just kind of gives you the, the the good vibes, if you will, when you're listening to it.
1: Well, you can't go wrong with Brian Adams. Like no,
0: not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Um, the Wallflowers, One Headlight.
1: Yeah. That one it, has. It's kind of a shame that they only that. had that one song, though. Like I I feel like they deserved a little better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's still a great song no matter what.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And, okay, so... And oh. finally, I have one more. hmm And uh, probably one of my favorite bands of all time, also Canadiana, the Tragically Hip, Ahead by a Century.
1: Best song by the hip by far.
0: Uh, that might be debatable, but it's top five for sure.
1: It's one of my favorites, though. Absolutely. But I do agree, like, there are a whole bunch of other hip songs that could be considered the best.
0: Uh, And it's all going to be based on uh, your own preference, I guess. Mm -hmm. So what do you got on, uh, uh, anything else on your list over there?
1: Yeah, so I actually scoured the charts for that particular week, looked at the Billboard charts, and... There were a few songs that I did recognize, some that I actually liked more than Tony Braxton. So coming in at number two, uh, of course, Tupac with California Love. Okay. Also um on that single, the the B side. Actually, no, it was a double A side. And Tupac did a song with Casey and Jojo, How You Want It.
0: Oh, right. I forgot about that one.
1: Yeah. Needless to say, California Love, definitely the better of the two songs. Yes. Also, Eric Clapton at number seven. I, I totally forgot that Eric Clapton was still a thing in 1996. Which song? Change the world. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. I so I, 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 I kind of think that Eric Clapton—he was just kind of filling that void, white guy with an acoustic guitar that, of course, John Mayer would go on to change to uh, do exactly ten years later with "Waiting on the World to Change." Right, yeah, and then ten years after that, we had Ed Sheeran. <laughs> so just wait, twenty just twenty six. We are either going to get uh, a comeback from a dad rock icon, or just another random guy with an acoustic guitar. Who's going to be said, just tearing up the charts completely? You dad
0: rock icon, and I immediately thought of like ZZ Top rolling out onto the stage in wheelchairs.
1: <laughs> oh no, they're just—they're going to stand around forever. They're they're like the, they're like Queen Elizabeth. They're going to be eternal.
0: That yeah, they might, they may very well be
1: immortal. Yeah. So coming up later on in the charts, uh, another song that's it, it's kind of this one's kind of a guilty pleasure for me. Quad City DJs, come on, ride it. You remember oh that one? Uh, yes. yes. Their other great song besides the iconic Space Jam theme. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. I'll. That's yeah. that's a great song. And you were talking about Canadian artists earlier. So, of course, um, Alanis Morissette had um, You Learn and You Ought to Know, both at number six. Yeah. Kind of feel like those two should have been swapped because, like, you ought to know and then you learn. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <Yeah. laughs> but here's a singer that I am surprised you completely overlooked Number 17, Jan Arden with Insensitive. <sighs> It's, it's. not the
0: greatest Jan Arden song. It's it's good, don't get me wrong, but it's not the
1: greatest Jan Arden song. Yeah. Still, I it was I was pleasantly surprised to see Jan Arden on there. <laughs> I always thought, see, I I have always liked Jan Arden, but I never really knew just how popular she was until just recently.
0: Yeah, and. Um, nowadays she's just sounding off on Twitter all the time. It's great.
1: <laughs> oh, it is. She's fantastic. Yeah. Also, uh, big year for the Macarena. Like the week after Tony <laughs> was number one on the charts, the Macarena would go into number one. And this and week the Macarena, was actually was come on the up. charts twice. The remix, which went to number one, was at number four. And then the original was all the way down at number 88.
0: I knew at some point the Macarena was going to come up in this
1: conversation. Well, yeah, like you can't really talk 90s music without talking about the Macarena at least once. Do you like the Macarena? uh, Yes. um, It was a staple in like the elementary school years. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, like just um, every single elementary school dance had to include the Macarena as part of it.
1: I kind of feel like it was the Despacito of the 90s. Not just because it's Spanish, <laughs> but because it was everywhere, and you could not escape it. Fantastic comparison. <laughs> also, two very surprising entries on the charts. Uh, number 21, uh, are you familiar with Robert Miles? Not off the top of my head. Okay, well, there he had this one single called Children, and it was like the biggest... Tra- France song of the Nice. So, like this is like one of those songs that kind of brought trance music into m- not really the mainstream, but kind of got it in some people's heads. It was, it was one of the biggest dance songs of that era, as and it, it was all the way up to number twenty one. So I think out of all the songs that were charting, it was my favorite to make this chart just because it was so different from everything else. Fair enough. And the weirdest entry. Number 73, Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, God. With Alan Jackson. Song called Redneck Games. And back when I was first, like, discovering stand-up comedy, Jeff Foxworthy, he was one of my first go-tos. And I remember picking up this... Music CD of Jeff Foxworthy's from the library, and it was just—it was literally his stand-up routines from previous albums with country music over them. And for the longest time, I thought that was like the funniest thing ever.
0: I was about to say, "Music CD is a very loose term." With that, it's much like Shatner's CD of Christmas songs.
1: (laughs) I'd actually go so go. I'd go so far as saying that William Shatner was more musical than Jeff Foxworthy. Barely, barely. Barely, and it was definitely more entertaining.
0: You might be a redneck if <laughs> you choose Jeff Foxworthy's on, on this chart.
1: So yeah, that was the weirdness that is 1996. A lot of lot of interesting stuff going on. You dig maybe a little bit is, deeper. Maybe this is
0: why people don't talk about 1996. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, like, 2019 actually had more number ones than 1996.
0: I'm just saying in general, though. Like, the yeah. music might have been why people don't talk about 1996 all that much.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a wild time. Well, this has been a lot of fun, and let's do this again sometime, Scott. I agree. I agree. This was fun. Yeah, so next time it's your turn to pick the year.
0: Okay. Okay. okay, I'll try making it something that, you know,
1: isn't so crazy. Hopefully. <laughs> no, it's <I'm> something crazy. <laughs> Tim's I'll, like, I'll, that's I what I love. love. <laughs> I, I want to be like, wow, that was number one.
0: All right, welcome back to Somewhat Bland Substance Podcast. Coming up in a few minutes, going to just have a conversation about pets and what's been going on with COVID. And especially because you've been home a little bit more often. So just going to have a quick chat about that coming up. But first, wanted to chat about this headline um, that caused a little bit of a fuss when I posted it on Facebook. Not going to lie, that happens from time to time. But I merely posted it because the jokes write themselves with it. And it says, and I quote, Trump suggests injection of disinfectant to be coronavirus and clean the lungs. Now, people, of course, were quick to come to Trump's defense on this one saying, oh, no, no, that's not what he meant. But OK, it's like a jumbled up word salad that he went into. Yes, he was talking about um he find, finds it interesting that, you know, ultraviolet or just very powerful lights could potentially um, do some wonders when it comes to things like the coronavirus. Uh, and he says, and then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, which you can do either through the skin or in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting, right? Here, here's the kicker part. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or almost a cleaning because you see it gets in the lungs and it does a tremendous number on the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds interesting to me. First of all, that's jumbled up. I get what he was trying to get at, you know, maybe having this as a possibility and I'm I understand from that you know he was going back and saying like to the doctors hey is this a possibility and using their medical advice which is obviously don't inject disinfectant (laughs) but nonetheless I posted this as a joke and it caused a stir on Facebook and at the end of the day People just need to take the politics out of things from sometimes and just lighten up and have a laugh when things like this are said instead of just automatically jumping to politics a second after it's posted. Now, uh, I did have a conversation with somebody because the words the media were mentioned more than once and what people don't seem to get. are outside of the media industry is when you refer to the media or the mainstream media just as a lump term like that a generic phrase you're referring to all media unless you get specific and state which media agency you're talking about you're lumping us all together and people aren't understanding that. It's a case of, unless you're specific, you're painting us all with the same brush. It's the entire industry. Whether it's your local radio station or TV station, maybe a, an online paper or news source, maybe a, a still local print for that matter, or one of the bigger TV networks. If you say the media, it's all of those and more. There are literally hundreds and thousands of media sources. So saying the media is the entire industry. And I'm really getting tired of people just saying the media, just leaving it out like that. Like, no, if you're going to go bashing people or Agencies within the media industry, be specific. In fact, from here on out, if I see somebody make a comment of just the media, their comment will basically be disregarded by me. Because unless they're specific, I don't want to hear what their complaint is because it's not true for all sources. And I, I feel like people really need to start citing which sources they're talking about when it comes to stuff like that, instead of just leaving it blanked blanketed as the media. So that's my rant on that one for today. All right, moving on to this whole conversation about pets and everything going on with COVID that I wanted to chat about. The main point I wanted to chat about is how when we're going back to work, and the kids are going back to school, and things start to get a little bit more normal, and the economy begins to get reopened straight across the board, is our pets might have a little bit of a tough time. They might suffer from a little bit of separation anxiety. And I felt like my dog, um, for those who don't know, he's a German Shepherd Border Collie Mix, very high energy, his name's Reese, but... I even felt, like, before this, he had a little bit of separation anxiety. Like, he always wanted to be around me and be wherever I was, right? And would get a little bit anxious if I was gone for even 15 minutes and I hadn't put him in his kennel or whatever. Well, now, when we do go back to work, because, you know, there's a lot of us who um, have been home for the most part for... Well, for me now, it's been the uh, last four weeks that I've been home. Um, When we do go back, they're going to have a little bit of a tough time. So I don't know what you're doing to, you know, try to keep them busy um, while you're trying to do whatever it is. And for that matter, working from home, even not just, you know, uh, unemployment or anything like that, but working from home. uh, you got to find something for them to do while you're doing whatever you're wanting to to keep busy, if you will. Um, Personally, for me, I'm trying to do a little bit more things in my spare room where I do have my home studio set up while he lays out on the floor on the couch in the living room. In fact, I I was doing a little bit of stuff in here today, and he wanted to come and sneak in and lay beside me, and I'm like, no, 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 like just go back and lay down, because to a certain extent, they almost need to be separated from you a little bit, not right beside you all the time like they have been, so you almost need to find something to do separately, and if that's sleeping for them, then it's sleeping for them, or chewing on a toy or something like that, Right. While you do something to keep yourself busy during these tough times. And I hope that you uh, do find <laughs> that little bit of separation so that it eases the burden, I guess, when things start to get back to a little bit of normalcy. I wasn't going to say completely normal because we all know there will be a new normal Once we do get back to some sort of normalcy, they've been using the phrase new normal for what we're going through right now, but this is still not normal. (laughs) There will be, this is a temporary new normal. I guess there will be a permanent new normal when we start to come out of this pandemic and the economic crisis that followed. Uh, One last thing before I wrap up the podcast here for today, I wanted to talk about something. I shared this on facebook as well uh over the course of the weekend this one uh, actually got some good response and i've seen this before when i was sitting on the board for the local chamber of commerce and i'll just read it out to you it's in an image and you can find it on my scott mitchell facebook page um it says pick three spend 50 save your local economy so three what three independently owned businesses would you miss if they disappeared stop in Say hello. Pick up something that brings a smile. your purchases are what keeps those businesses around. And there are a lot of businesses as well on that note that are doing things like curbside pickup or you can online order and then call in when you get there and they'll do the same idea with curbside pickup. They'll put it outside the door when you get there for that matter. 50. If half the employed employed population, and I'd even go as far to say, even if you're getting serb and you're able to spend a little bit of money, spent fifty dollars each month in locally owned independent businesses, it would generate more than forty two point six billion dollars in revenue. Imagine the positive impact if three quarters of the employed population did that. Sixty eight for every hundred dollars spent in locally owned independent stores, sixty-eight dollars returns to the community through taxes, payroll, and other expenditures. If you spend that in a national chain, it's only 43 bucks. Spend it online, nothing comes home. Then it says one. The number of people it start takes to start the trend. You. Right now, our local businesses, and not just in Lacklebish, local businesses everywhere, need us now more than ever before. They're there for you when you need your kids sports teams sponsored or a community event needs some burgers or some dollars to go spend some money uh, on making the event happen or their kids dance club needs to uh, be sponsored as well to help out get helped out if you will they're there for you when you need them now is the time they need us so let's be there for them and when the economy starts seeing a sense of normalcy again, remember this pick three, spend 50, save your local economy mindset as well. Instead of going out of town or shopping online and then complaining when another business is forced to close up shop because you're spending your money elsewhere. Local matters are local stores and businesses matter. Our local economy matters. And if you do these things, especially now, our communities uh, can come out stronger and better than ever before once things start going back to a little bit of normal. That is it for episode number four of the Somewhat Bland Substance Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can find my Facebook page and shoot us a like over there. It's Scott Mitchell. You can also follow me on basically any social media you can think of. It's at ScottMitchellFM if you want to go find it. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, whatever it is. I'm sure you'll find me there and give us a follow as well. And you can, of course, subscribe to the podcast. We are on Podbean, iTunes, iTunes and Google Play as well. Thanks for listening in and we'll talk to you soon. Stay safe, stay healthy.